Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I am very happy to be here with you today. Do you hear that music? That's not our normal music. It's because today we kick off a special series called Summer Lovin', a That Sounds Fun podcast series in which we want to restore hope in dating and bridge y'all to helpful conversations practical resources, and amazing experts so that you see changes in your dating life, starting with you. So during Summer Lovin', we're going to talk through a lot of aspects of dating, and each episode is going to feature an expert, either someone who's written on the subject, works with a ton of people who are single and dating, or is a licensed therapist. And in a lot of the episodes, we sit down with both a male and a female who aren't married to each other or in life in general, and we get their perspective on it all. These are my staff, my friends, or friends of friends who are just normal people who are navigating dating in 2023. Of course, they don't represent everything about dating, nor do they represent every person's experience, but I think they do a beautiful job telling us about themselves and their own stories. This is not an all-in-one guide to every part of dating, but it is a jumping off point and hopefully offers you some good wisdom that you can start implementing right away. We want to bridge you to these experts and their resources so you have something practical to walk away with. So at the end of this episode and every episode, we'll make sure to tell you how to find each expert and how to find their resources. But before we dive into today's conversation, I got to tell you about our incredible sponsor, Athletic Greens. It is finally June, which means it's tour month, and I want to make sure I'm getting my daily nutrients that I need even while I'm on the road for the Here For You tour. So AG1 by Athletic Greens is 100% coming on the road with me. You should see my little water bottle. It says Born to Slay. And that's what I shake up my AG1 in. I am packing their travel packs for us on the road, which makes it so easy. And AG1 is such a simple way to incorporate healthy habits, even when you're on the go. It's hard to keep track of all the vitamins and supplements we need to take. So when it comes to things that will help us prioritize our health, it's as easy as adding one scoop of AG1 powder into cold water instead of keeping up with multiple different products. Every scoop is packed with 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients of the highest quality that gives us major benefits like gut and mood support and boosted energy and even healthier looking skin, hair, and nails. Plus, it supports your immune system, which is really important to me when I'm about to, you know, live on a bus with 12 people for a month. We all need to stay healthy so we can come see you. You don't have to set a reminder to order it or worry about running out because AG1 is delivered like clockwork every month. So it is super easy to make a daily habit. And those single serving travel packs can be thrown in your purse or carry on when you're on the go or, you know, on your tour bus if you're headed out. It is the healthiest thing you can do in under a minute. And with AG1 being good friends to our bodies each day is really that simple. So if you're looking for an easier way to take supplements, AG1 is giving you a free one year supply of vitamin D and five of those free travel packs with your first purchase. So go to athleticgreens.com slash sounds fun. That's athleticgreens.com slash sounds fun. Y'all check it out. So today on the show, we have our very first summer loving guest, Pastor Ben Stewart. You may remember him from episode 360. So I knew we wanted to kick things off by starting with some of the most asked questions about dating. Things like, where are all the single godly men or women? And Are there even good men and women left? And spoiler, there are. And what are some of the do's and don'ts of dating today? Ben Stewart is the pastor of Passion City Church in Washington, D.C., and the author of Single, Dating, Engaged, Married, as well as Rest in War. Prior to joining Passion City Church, Ben served for 11 years as the executive director of Breakaway Ministries, 
which is a weekly Bible study attended by thousands of college students on the campus of Texas A&M. He was the exact right person to help us get this series started. He is such a wise and trusted voice when it comes to navigating relationships. And as you'll hear, there are so many noteworthy things he says that I think it's really important as we restore hope and dating. So yes, this is a note-taking episode. So let's do this, you guys. Here's our very first conversation of Summer Lovin' on Dating 101 with Ben Stewart. Ben Stewart, welcome back to That Sounds Fun. Well, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy I, here. I literally looked at the calendar and was like, Annie Downs. And I thought, that sounds fun. And I'm like, oh, stop, stop. <laughs> I love but when that does. happens. Listen, we're doubling down. Not only are you on That Sounds Fun, but you Uh-oh. are kicking off the Summer Lovin' Series, the inaugural Summer Lovin' Series. How do you feel about that? I don't know if I'm ready, but I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's <laughs> You're go. You're so ready. Okay, I'm up our, for the ride. Our friends listening have already heard me say this, but I'll say it to you too. I mean, our hope is to restore hope in the dating process yeah. for Christians and yeah. to kind of give them a bridge. Every guest we're having on is a bridge to more content. So you and I are going to get through everything today, Yeah. but we will get through a lot. So can you start? I mean, the Surgeon General of the U.S. just released massive concern about loneliness in America and how it's actually affecting our health. Can you talk about that for a minute? Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's something we've sensed for a while. And then now you're getting all this data to back it up that this massive shift in technology that has really kickstarted in, in 07. You know, when you really think about when the iPhone and the World Wide Web landed in our hands it changed the way human beings interact with each yes. other on a massive scale. And now we're starting to see it's isolated us from one mm-hmm. another, you know? And in doing that, we've realized it's not good for us to be alone. And yeah. we've really lost the ability to linger in conversation, to press through boredom into deeper topics. And I'll tell you what was interesting for me, Annie, is I, I was a college minister right as Facebook was coming out. Yeah. And so, and then I was one for, for 12 years. And so I watched, I mean, I remember my staff coming to me and saying, Hey, the interviews are getting more and more awkward. Huh? So over the, over that span of that first 12 years, they were like, they are having more trouble making eye contact. They're having trouble carrying on conversation. What is happening? And these are my staff. They were all in their twenties. And I told them by the end of it, I was like, look, our ministry is now a large part of it is socialization, just teaching people how to talk to each other. So Mm -hmm. I don't get mad at people when they struggle with that eye contact and conversation. I just go, you grew up in an environment that hamstrung you in this regard. Now we have to learn how to tack back towards local, communal, eye contact conversation and find that it nourishes our souls. We we lost something when we gained this technology advance. One of the pastors here in Nashville, Matt Smallbone, last week in his sermon, he said, we do not assess technology before we add it to our lives, but we assess a medicine, we assess a home we're going to move into, a vehicle, but we do not assess technology. We just go, the new technology is here, go. And we just mm-hmm. don't, I had never thought about how I don't think about it. Yeah. And it's interesting. I was talking with this guy, enormously successful CEO kind of person. And I don't want to quote the exact numbers he said to me because I got to look him up to make sure. But he was like, do you know how much money the oil industry pulls in? He was like talking about the oil industry. And he said, do you know how much the top tech firms bring in? And it was like 5X. Oh my gosh. And he was like, mining your attention 
is yeah. five times more valuable than mining oil from the ground. He said, so there's all these companies and they're just trying to grab your attention yes. and get you on the thing. And he goes, you have to stop seeing that phone as your friend. It's yeah, not. It's not. And wow. I have certainly found that to be the case. Yeah. Like I have to cast it out of my presence when I want to be <laughs> present with my kids or my wife. And, yeah. you know, I have to parent myself in that way. Yes. So uh, when I have friends over, tech is out of the room. Right. And so with so much loneliness attributed in a lot of ways to technology, we also want to talk about dating and yeah. dating apps, right? So what's <laughs> yeah. the like, what's the good here with dating apps? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I would say, you know, one of the modern challenges, and some of this is multicultural society, yeah. some of this is, is uh, technology, is dating scripts of the past have gone away. Right. You know, as good or bad as they were, different cultures had different dating scripts. Yes. You know, like in the West, it was a suitor would come a call in and <laughs> play the piano in the parlor and, you know, like, but everyone knew the rules. Or right. uh, I remember I went to this small town in West Texas and every Friday night they had a dance and the whole town went and you brought a date. And so these guys knew, man, Friday's coming. Right. And you just, and that was just the, that society had a rhythm that helped people date. Yes. And now all those rhythms have gone away and no one knows the rules anymore. Yeah. I mean, I literally recently said, if he and I were in the 1950s, we'd be seriously dating <laughs> because <laughs> the scripts are so different. Our behavior yeah. does not mean the same thing as it meant 50 years ago. Yeah. And and there's problems with every script. Yeah, you know, they right. all break down in certain ways. But it has been interesting to see, Annie, like there are multiple books coming out now, not from a, a Christian worldview but they are just stating in no uncertain terms, the sexual revolution failed us. Wow. And one of the ways it did was by moving sexuality to this like casual place of it could happen at any time. It's made your first date fraught with danger. What does coffee mean? What does dinner mean? Right. What do these words mean? And they go, so rather than increasing the amount of sex, it's decreased the amount of dating. Wow, so it's really wild. Ben, go, oh, instead man. of increasing so, the amount of sex, it decreased the amount of dating. Yeah, Dude, that's and right. So you've got all these books by women like Louise Perry just saying like, this revolution has failed us. And then they get to the end of the books. I mean, there's a few I can mention. And they are stumbling backwards into scripture of like, <laughs> we need communities with a common set of values, yes. helping one another linger and develop deep friendships. You, you need a moral framework for how that man is going to treat you because by and large, they're going to be more physically powerful. Are they bound by character? And you're just like, you guys are stumbling chapter <laughs> and verse into everything we've had right. that we right. were suddenly embarrassed of for a while. Right. And you go, no, this is where the answer is. God knows how the heart's wired how humans are meant to function. Yes. So I'm sad at the damage done, but I'm hopeful because we have a gracious God and we got a good guide. Yes. You know? Yes. That's the hope right here is that Jesus promised the Holy Spirit would teach us and guide us. And yeah. the Holy Spirit is eternal. And so yeah. he can teach us about dating today and tell us what we do not know. Yeah. 
So well, and I think about you know everyone brings up Ruth when you talk about dating or whatever, but you think about like read Judges uh-huh. and you go, what a horrible time to be alive in the Old Testament. Yes. You know they're carving people up and mailing their body parts. It's like it's horrendous. Yep. And in the midst of that craziness, Ruth marries a loser. <laughs> like no one's asking now, like where's my chili on or where's yeah. my you know like, these guys are not good guys. And so you're like, you live in the darkest day in history for Israel. Yes. You married an idiot. Everything's going sideways, and yet God still brought a Ruth and a Boaz to get like yeah. God loves to let beauty spring up from ashes, yeah. and, and He just makes streams in the desert. So there is hope, but you can also acknowledge, but hope in the midst of a desert and yes. challenge, and, and there are unique challenges with dating right now in this era that are unique. What are they? What would you say they are? Well, I mean, I do think a lot of it, I don't like to lay the blame at technology, but it has messed up the way we interact with each other, mm-hmm. you know, so we Just tend to Just always available. Li- you can send a text or a DM at any minute. So we don't linger in conversation yeah. in the same way that we used to. We don't linger in groups at the same volume or we're easily distracted. And typically when there's boredom and there's no phones, you think of something else to ask. And then suddenly it opens the doorway into more depth. That's how conversation happens. And then, you know, then there's the whole stream of pornography and the enormous amount of damage it's done to young men. And this is where I And get, women, truthfully. Well, yes, increasingly more women. Yeah. But I feel a great compassion for women because if you look statistically, one of the outcomes of this rash of pornography is it just drive shame deep into the heart of people. Yeah. You'll see it with people, difficulty making eye contact and engaging with someone at an emotional, relational level. Yeah. And so you have less people initiating dating, less people who think monogamy is possible. Right. And again, I don't get mad at men. I go, this was thrust upon you. Totally. But now it's not your fault, but it is your problem. Yeah, that's and good. Are, it's not your fault, but masters, it is your problem. Yeah. And we are masters of our life. Mm-hmm. You know, under under God, he's given us authority in this world to to create structures for flourishing. So yeah. you're not a victim of that phone. You're the master of it. You're yes. not a victim of your schedule. We're not a victim to the culture. We are counterculture makers. So I think we can acknowledge the problems, but not feel bound by them. Yeah, that's good. Okay, so for some of our friends listening, they've never dated. I mean, we have heard mm. from so many women that are saying, I'm in my 30s, I'm in my 40s, I'm in college, I've never been on a date. Where does a Christian woman even start right now? Like, where do we even start if we're dating and haven't dated before but want to be? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, you know, I live in Washington, D.C. Our church is in D.C. The church is probably the, the highest demographic is 20s, 30s, single. Yeah. And we have so many wonderful beautiful, talented, smart, fun, young women who've never been on a date once. Yeah. And some of it, my my compassion for men is they get less reps asking. Yeah. You yeah. know, like I said, like back in the day. Every the Friday night. Every Friday, so you got to ask. <laughs> and when she says no, you, it hurts and you survive it and you move on and you yeah. go, oh, look, and you just get more reps. It's like throwing a ball. You get yep. more accuracy with more reps. Yep. And it was interesting for me, you know, when I first did a dating series with college students preaching it, they were asking very nuanced questions about talking to her parents and et cetera. 10 years later, it was like, so if I like her, I should talk to her. Uh Oh my, Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Let's start there. Yeah, man. (laughs) Let's start with their name. Yeah. Yeah. Interests. So, but you're like, you've just not have, you've not developed those muscles. 
And so for me, I'm a big proponent of building believing communities that are serving together, a community with a cause. And I'm a big fan of that. So I would say get a part of a vibrant church community that's serving in the city, that you're living out your values. I tell people that all the time, like, we ask God's secret will, show me this, teach me this, show me when I'm going to give that. And and he won't tell us a lot of times. Mm. But I had to tell myself, especially when I was single, I was the last one of my friends to get married. I was like, I'm going to excel at the revealed things. Mm. I'm just going to excel. I'm going to be great at the things he's told me to be great at. Yeah. And for me, when I was single, there, there were some pretty obvious things of like, well, Ben, you're going to need to get your act together in some ways. And I had to mm. heal up some parts of me and work on me. But I wanted to be the most fruitful, loving, productive been possible in the world. But if you're doing that within the context of a believing community, you've you've drastically increased your chances of meeting somebody yes. with the same cause yes. as you. Yes. And uh, that's where I just think churches need to come around and help that. In yep. the past, they used to. Churches yeah. used to host the dances. Yeah. So I think pastors should care. Yes. But I think within that matrix of dynamic relationships, if you can teach people healthy ways to evaluate, should we date or get married, then even if it doesn't work out, you don't blow up the church. That, that right. was the thing when we first started here, people were like, well, I don't want to ask anyone here on a date because what if we break up? Then, you know, like who gets the church and the divorce kind of thing? You're like, you're going on a date, man. And yes. if you're not introducing sexuality into it, you could go on two or three dates and realize, yep. oh, we're not a fit. And you can still back up into friendship. Dude, when I tell you that just happened with a guy that we go to the same church, we met because we both serve and we went on two dates and we're like, I think the world of you, you're not my guy. He thought the world of me, I'm not his girl, but we are very able to keep serving because it was just two dates. Yeah. Yeah. And and we now have people seeing that and experiencing that. It's really been fun to watch like the theory really works. Yeah. Talk (laughs) about this a little bit. There's some, when you think about churches, there is single groups that single people turn their nose up to, Mm, which I'm kind of like, stop turning your nose up to that and just go hang out with them, like try. But also what I see work at our church and some of the churches around us is get in and serve on the greeting team. Cause then you see every person who walks in the building. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It's kind of like, is it a, is it a singles ministry or is it a singles ministry? You know, like if the only thing we're thinking about is our singleness, sometimes it can get can start to get weird. awkward and, yeah. and weird. And, weird. you know, I've been to those. I remember going in my 20s and I'm Same. like, I do not like these. Yep. I do not like these. And I was like, I'm just going to run hard after what the Lord is doing in my city. Yeah. And it was in the ministry part where I met Donna. And that's where usually the eagles are flying. They're going somewhere. Yes. Yes. And so if you can just get involved in the ministry aspect. I mean, I remember visiting a group of friends once in Dallas and they were all in the singles ministry. And we went to dinner and it was just the least life-giving, just complaining about being single or making some weird comments about girls, young girls. I'm like, I do not like this. Yeah. And then I went to one of their houses and one guy wasn't with us. It was like, where's he? And you're like, oh, every Thursday he hands out food with this kitchen ministry in the city of, and like this dude's just going for it. Yeah. And he was not the most physically attractive of the guy. I mean, he was in shape, but he's a little goofy looking dude, but (laughs) the girls all wanted to be with him. And you're like, yeah, because he's going someplace. And so I just encourage people, look, I know that's easy to say and harder to live, but, but you just get in there and get involved in a community that's chasing a cause that's worthy of your life. Yes. And, you know, Paul told Timothy that, flee youthful lust, pursue righteousness, along with those who call to God out of a pure heart. And I'd say, as you're doing that, 
you look left and right and there's yeah. people running with you. Yeah. And some will be friends, some will be mentors, some will be cute. Yeah. And those are the ones you- <laughs> Some will be worth make making out with, some will not. Say, Let's <laughs> run together, you know? So- yeah, I had a doctor one time, Ben, tell me after like a checkup, kind of asked me about being single. And the doctor said, you should start volunteering with the Sierra Club because mm. that's people who clean up national parks. And mm. he said, the men you meet at Sierra Club care about something besides work. They mm. have enough expendable income. They aren't working on Saturdays and yeah. they are outside and probably active. And I was like, that is brilliant. So it doesn't just have to be a church. Like, what do you care about? Yeah. Go start serving alongside what you care about and see who you yeah. meet there. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, friends, just interrupting this conversation to share about one of our amazing partners, Caraway. Okay, I know we talk about what we put in our bodies often, but have you ever considered what you're cooking with? As in, have you ever thought about the toxins that could be in your cookware? No, I know. Me neither. But now that I tried Caraway, I get it. Caraway is on a mission to craft well-designed home goods that thoughtfully raise the standards of what you cook with. To put it simply, their products are designed to make your life easier and healthier. And y'all, their line of pots and pans are so cute. Like they have the most fun color options. They're good looking and made for clean cooking. If you want to do some summer cleaning and reorganize your kitchen, which is what I am doing in July, do it with Caraway. Their thoughtfully designed sets and complimentary storage makes getting and staying organized easier than ever. Their ceramic coated cookware has a naturally slick surface, which means you don't need much oil or butter to get those eggs to slide right off the pan and it's always easy cleaning caraway's high quality kitchenware is free of ptfe such as teflon lead and other toxic materials and like i mentioned their kitchenware comes in a variety of chic shades i got sage and y'all it is beautiful it is so beautiful your cookware can even be stylish in your house plus all of their sets include complimentary easy access storage solutions which is super rad you can now save 10% off the full suite of caraway products from their internet famous cookware to their newly launched food storage set so visit carawayhome.com tsf like that sounds fun to take advantage of this limited time offer of 10% off your next purchase purchase. This deal is exclusive for our friends, so keep it to yourself. But visit carawayhome.com slash TSF or use the code TSF at checkout. Caraway is non-toxic cookware made modern. It's beautiful. And I got one more amazing partner to tell you about, your Enneagram coach. Okay, in this Summer Loving series, we've got a whole episode about the Enneagram and dating and how it better helps us understand ourselves. And the expert we bring on to talk about it was certified by your Enneagram coach. Beth McCord, also known as your Enneagram coach, is one of our go-to Enneagram experts, and I love that she is where Jackie Brewster learned everything, and you're going to hear a lot from Jackie in a couple of weeks. If you've ever been interested in the Enneagram and enjoy helping people understand it too, Beth and her team can certify you as an Enneagram coach. They have nearly 2,000 Enneagram coaches in over 25 countries. These coaches are literally changing their own lives by building a flexible and successful side hustle, doing something they're passionate about. But more importantly, they're helping others grow, heal, and flourish using the powerful tool of the Enneagram from a Christian perspective. Here's the cool thing. Beth's certification program only opens a few times each year, and it is opening really soon. But before it opens, Beth wanted to give you guys the opportunity to explore this further. So right now, you can register for a special class that Beth is hosting called Become an Enneagram Coach, and it is 
free, you guys. If you're in slightly curious about what an Enneagram coach is, what they do, and if it might be a fit for you, then this webinar is an important training tool for you. Beth will share her story about how being an Enneagram coach has changed her life and answer your questions. So learn more and sign up for a free webinar at yourenneagramcoach.com forward slash TSF. Like that sounds fun. And if you're listening to this episode after enrollment has closed, you can still sign up to be notified next time registration opens at yourenneagramcoach.com forward slash TSF. Okay, now back to continue our summer loving conversation with Ben. So one of the questions we got a lot of is, how do I know when I'm ready? Ready to go on a date at all? Yeah. Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I tell people all the time, certainly you can get you can date and get married and not be a believer. It happens all the time. Right. Marriage is a common grace for humanity. But I tell people, if you want to be successful, I encourage them, you need to get a relationship with God right before you'll get a relationship with a guy or a girl right. Wow. Because, you know, like I think of the woman at the well that Jesus visited with. And what's the whole context? He uses the well as a metaphor to talk about her emotional need, right? He's like, if you would have asked me, I'd give you living water that would come flowing out of you. And then in the context of that, he brings up her romantic relationships. You've been in five that haven't worked out. You're in one now without commitment. He's not shaming her. He's letting her know, you've gone to all these men to meet a need you need to come to me for, Mm. because then you'll be a fountain of living water rather than a drain. And I think a lot of modern dating, it's two drains trying to suck life out of the other person. And then you just get these really unhealthy dynamics. But if you go, man, the love of God has filled me to overflowing. Now when I walk in the room, I'm not trying to get your attention, trying to get your approval, trying to suck your energy into me. I got something to give the world. Mm. I got something to talk about today. And, and people want to be around fountains, not drains. So wow. that's why I just encourage them, get that relationship with God right first, prioritize that, you know, and and then the excel at the revealed things. I mean, you go, I'm just going to get good at running with him. Yes. And as you Excel do that, people run up alongside. I mean, you think of Isaac, and this is, encourages me, Annie, like the longest chapter in Genesis is Isaac and Rebecca. Yeah. The text slows down just to show you God provided him yes. a woman. He was in his 40s and, and God did it in his timing. Yeah. But what I love about it is, you know, on if you look at Rebecca's side, she was just showing up to serve her family. Right. And it wasn't like, Isaac rolled up with his sleeves up and all glistening in the sun, you know, and she's like, I want to water those camels, you know, right. like, it was an old man. It was his servant, you know, and she was just helping an old dude, yeah. but that's character. Yeah. She had a cause. I'm chasing the Lord and it was shaping her character. And that yes. makes me a, a humble servant and someone with a godly cause and a God shaped character. Now you're just looking for chemistry. Do I like hanging out with you? Yeah. And so yeah, maybe I'll stop there. I could keep going. But. <laughs> That's good. That leads me right to an important question that a lot of women have asked is about women initiating. Because yeah. in the Bible, we have Eve who just laid or walked up or laid there or whatever. She did nothing. <laughs> and we've got Ruth who laid at the feet of Boaz. So we literally, Scripture gives us the full spectrum example of the women walking toward men or not walking toward men and initiating. What do you think here? What do you think initiation can look like? I don't like to should people, so I don't really want to say what it should look like, but can women initiate in dating? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I don't remember the exact wording of the proverb that, but a a man who finds Finds. a noble wife finds it. So you're like, okay, he's the one, the verb's his. 
So you go, okay, there is there is something to men initiating. And then it's interesting, I, I don't have it in front of me, Annie, but there was a, a statistic I read years ago. It was not Christian women, just women in general, how many had initiated a date within the last year? And it was, I think, 12%. So even people without any sort of religious conviction, yeah. they want to be initiated with. There, there's something about that wanting to be desired or pursued that that is- And men don't um, feel that as much, right? Not as much. That That's statistically viable. You go, this yeah. is happening out in the culture. Yeah. And so when a woman wants to be initiated with, I don't think that's wrong. I don't think you should feel ashamed of wanting that yeah. or beat yourself up for wanting that. Or why do I like that? There, there's something about our wiring that desires that. Yeah. And there's something I think good about for men to initiate, to, yes. to be courageous and to risk rejection. Yes. I think that's good for a, a male soul to do that. So I think those things are good, but does it have to be that way? I think Ruth does show you no. But what I think what's interesting is, you know, Boaz is not making a move. So she shows up and is like, are we doing this or are we not doing this? Mm -hmm. And, but she does it in a way that doesn't shame him, you know? And I think shame is such an issue in our culture today. And if it comes from that shaming voice of, well, men these days don't do anything, men don't do that. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not, no guy's going to go like, you know what? Thank you for shaming me. She's right. I can't wait to date her. (laughs) (laughs) We should spend more time together. Right, right. What else do you disapprove of? (laughs) Um, So I had, when I was, I mean, I was a mess, Annie, early on in dating. Every relationship was a just a dumpster fire. And it was always my fault. One of the healthiest Is that really true? It was always your fault? In my, yes. Okay. Yeah, probably so. Yeah. I think that's interesting well, for people to hear because sometimes I would not say it's always been my fault, but some of the time it's been my fault. For well, sure. here's the thing with me is I just realized early on I would, I would go on dates out of like a pressure. Uh, and then I realized, you know what? Ben is not an emotionally healthy person. So yeah. I've got to get me a little better before I get a we a little better. Yeah, you know, so, that's good. Not that I have to be perfect. Yeah. I just got to work on me some. Yeah. And, and I had all these kind of, this pain I didn't understand from my parents' divorce and addiction in our family. I, I just had to figure myself out better. Yeah. And so then when I met Donna, I was still kind of scared of relationships. But then I realized, but I am in a healthier place than I was. Mm-hmm. And those girls that met me before were all wonderful. I just wasn't in a place where I knew how to handle a relationship. Yeah. So they all got so confusing and I didn't know how to communicate. I didn't know how to say what I felt. I didn't give them the gift of clarity. Well, we're going to talk think, about it. It's my favorite thing I, you say. <laughs> well, I, I, these, so there, I was going to, there was a, a, yeah. a young lady in my twenties. She just came to me and was like, Hey, I'm interested in you. And we've been talking a lot, but I just want you to know, like, I don't want to pressure you at all, but I'd be interested in dating you if you are, but, but I don't want to pressure you. So, you know, just how, and she was real gracious and it caught me off guard. It kind of embarrassed me like, geez, I probably should have started this. And we just realized over time, I think we're good friends. Yeah. But I never felt em- embarrassed that she brought it up. Yeah. I felt challenged to do better myself, but yeah. the way she did it was so healthy. I think about that with Ruth. I'm like, she yeah. didn't shame him, yeah. but at some point she was like, hey, I, I would be interested. Yeah. I have one experience in my life where I was DMing with someone and Mm -hmm. I wanted to give him my phone number. I was like, get us out of here. What are we doing? You know? (laughs) And I just, I started to give it or to ask something, ask him if he wanted my number or something. And I just felt the Lord be like, if you start asking the questions now, you're never going to give him space to ask the questions. 
Hmm. and kind yeah. of slowing me down. You know, like the Lord not shaming me either, but going like, you can wait and let him ask. Because if you rush everything, which is Annie to a T, if you rush yeah. everything, you will have to rush everything. And yeah. and That's so I could feel the Lord helping me set up a start of a relationship in a healthier way than was normal for me. And so yeah. every time I bumped into that with this guy, I would say, nope, the Lord told me to slow down. The Lord told me to give him space to ask. And every time he did. I mean, well, I mean, we're not married, so not every time. But you know what I mean? Like, he always did. It just was slower than me. Yeah. And so that version of initiation, I mean, I guess I want you to talk about, like, women can step forward. Women can ask out. But we also need to think about from the beginning, what's the relationship you want in the long run? If you yeah. always want to be in charge— Find the guy who lets you always be in charge, but you're yeah. always going to be in charge. Yeah. 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 And and that's where I'm a big proponent of the community element, because you get to evaluate someone in a communal context where uh, there's just a little bit less pressure. You just yeah. get to see, like, how do they treat people? How do they act? And and you can see, like, is this person just passive in every relationship? Well, that'll make me crazy. Or, yeah. you know, when Donna, it's funny you bring that up. When she met me, she she would say she wanted to expedite things but because we were in a community <laughs> thank you yeah, yeah. but uh because we were in a community we had mutual friends and one of them came to her and was like whoa, 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 whoa. do not do that to ben he oh, will wow. disappear he's like if he feels pressured by you he will bounce but he yeah. was like you don't need to worry he knows how to initiate and he will when he's ready like yeah. so he just kind of helped stabilize her with like give him time yeah and Don and I laugh about that. She's a ready go set person. I'm yep. a ready set set go person, <laughs> um, but it works well. But yes. in dating, I she had she realized, and I think because of that, with many counselors, victory is sure. Yes. Because we have this communal environment, they were able to let her know, hey, with this one, don't ready go set this one. Yeah, that has helped me a ton too. To and <laughs> and at times people will say to me. You should say something like the drop the hanky thing. Like you yeah. should you should stand in front of him emotionally or relationally or in communication. You don't have to wait in your house because then you're only going to date like the pizza guy, right? Like <laughs> don't wait in your house. But yeah. it appears to me as we're talking about the different dating scripts, women leading or initiating is a modern thing. Mm -hmm. Am I wrong about that? In some regard, I mean, it took different forms. You know, you, you think about like arranged marriages. I, I spoke at a thing years ago and it was, they asked me to speak to their youth group and youth meant not married. So they were all ah. in their 30s and professional <laughs> in town because it was an Indian denomination. And they were like, um, you know, our parents help arrange our marriages. I'm like, oh my gosh, that sounds crazy. And yeah. I remember they looked at me and they're like, the person who knows you the best and loves you the most helping you find someone why would you not do that? And I'm yeah. like, geez, when you say it that way. Right. You know, and not all parents fit that description. But, you know, they had, you could have parents help and initiate either from the guy side or girl side. Like, let's help get these people together. And then outside of that official parent one, churches and communities would often do that to people. But now, and it really started in the 1920s. We could go down the rabbit hole of how dating sort of modern dating developed, you know, but the way it developed, it, it has put women in isolation often mm -hmm. waiting on these men. And I think with the advance of technology, the way it is, men initiate far less and it's put women in, I think, a, an understandably distressed situation yeah. where you're like, we, we need these men to initiate more. 
But shaming them is not helpful because I look at them and say, this is not their fault. It is their problem. Yeah. So for me as a pastor, I want to encourage men to initiate and I want to encourage women not to get frustrated. Like yeah. I started to hear early on at our church, like, well, no guys ask out anymore. There's where are all the good guys? And I, you know, did a whole series on Song of Solomon, but I just I had read that passage about David. It said he he said he had lion-faced men mm. on his team. And I was like, I know them. So don't say there's no good Christian men. I know lion-faced yes. men. Yes. I see, I'm looking at them right now. Yeah. And I'm like, and they just need that called forth from them. Yeah. They don't need to be shamed for not living into that. They need yeah. it called out of them. Yeah. So I think we as a Christian community need to help women and help modern men and women with this process. So I, I sympathize with women that are like, why is no one initiating? Yeah. You are a victim of a broader cultural narrative. Mm-hmm. It's not about you. Yes. It's about the moment in history you find yourself in. Mm-hmm. So don't beat yourself up about it. Yeah. It's very hard. Yes. But it's not without hope. That's right. That's right. And uh, and I've seen it in our church. And yes. I, I'm not, I don't pressure, I don't set up dates. I don't pressure people to get married. Yeah, I've noticed, P.S. You don't set up dates. Hello. <laughs> I am right here, Ben Stewart. <laughs> I am Right here. Okay. Well, you know, it shouts some ideas, but I'm saying I don't pressure people. Right. But we're watching people date and yeah. get married and be really beautiful relationships form. And I believe that's possible. I believe it. Yeah. I also want to take a second for us to talk about, I mean, our words have the power of life and death. So no matter what you feel about men, how you talk about men matters. And so my encouragement would also be to women listening that are discouraged or feel like men aren't who they're supposed to be. There's a way we can talk about that that does not shame men, even if they aren't listening. Because your words, it doesn't say your words have the power of life and death if you're standing in front of the person you're talking about. It is your words can bring life. So if we could start talking about men like they are trying and like they are growing and they are lion faced, I think we'd see a difference in the culture. Yeah, both parties are victim of yes. of much bigger forces. Yes. And you go, okay, but you don't have to be a victim your whole life. You yeah. just you say, you're like, oh, okay, these forces have hamstrung us both, men yeah. and women. Yeah. Now, how do we rise up yes. and walk together? Yeah. And I think you do it as family and do it as community, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, go, we're going to be a community chasing a cause. And as we do that, then we find that chemistry with somebody and yes. begin this process of evaluating. Hey friends, just interrupting this conversation one more time to share about another amazing partner, Fuller Seminary. Okay, we talk about counseling and therapy around here a lot, but have you ever felt led to become a therapist yourself? Have you thought about pursuing a career centered on the healing and wholeness of individuals, couples, and families? At Fuller's Master of Science in Marriage and Family Therapy program, you can work alongside a supportive community of faculty and students who are committed to the formation of heart, soul, and mind to further God's mission of redeeming the world. Fuller provides students with the clinical training to become skilled marriage and family therapists. Through their program, you will have the opportunity to engage in a broad range of therapeutic and spiritual formation practices, including exercises that simulate the counseling experience in real time, which is really cool. Licensed faculty members help equip students for their career and connect them with internships. 
Four students are not only widely recognized as the best trained in the field, but also have one of the highest pass rates for their state licensing exam. Okay, if you've been waiting for a green light, if you've been wondering if this was the right next thing for you, if you feel passionate about becoming an agent of healing and reconciliation in the world, go to fuller.edu slash that sounds fun to learn more about Fuller's MS in marriage and family therapy program. That's fuller.edu slash that sounds fun. And one last amazing partner to share with you, Sundays for Dogs. Listen, while I mostly only talk about the Georgia Bulldogs, today we're showing love to any dog in your life. Sundays for Dogs is healthy dog food that's actually easy to store and serve for your furry baby. So they get meals that both taste good to them and is good for them. I know you put time into thinking about what you feed yourself and your family, so don't forget your dogs. They're part of the family, too. Sundays is air-dried dog food containing 90% meat, 10% vegetables, and 0% synthetic nutrients. Besides USDA beef and all-natural chicken, it has digestive aids like pumpkin and ginger, plus disease-fighting antioxidants. I mean, that sounds good to me. All those dog moms and dags out there report noticeable health improvements in their pups, plus every order ships right to your door, so you'll never worry about running out of dog food again. Unlike other fresh dog food, Sunday is zero prep, zero mess, and zero stress. Sundays is shelf-stable, which makes it easy to feed your pup top-quality food. Every order ships right to your door, so you'll never worry about running out of dog food again. And it is 40% less than other healthy dog food brands. And you know a great place to meet somebody if you're single? Dog parks. Dog parks. So take your dog out there, meet somebody, and then feed them Sundays for dogs. And we've got a special deal for our dog loving friends. Get 35% off your first order of Sundays. So go to Sundaysfordogs.com slash that sounds fun or use the code that sounds fun at checkout. That's S-U-N-D-A-Y-S-F-O-R-D-O-G-S dot com forward slash that sounds fun. Upgrade your pup to Sundays and feel good about the food you feed your dog. And now back to finish up our summer loving conversation with Ben. Let's talk to our friends who have jumped into dating. They're meeting people. They're going on dates. One of the questions we've gotten a lot that I think is really interesting is what happens when you start dating people that your family doesn't expect you to date? So someone Mm. of a different age, someone of a different race, someone Mm. that goes to a different church or has a profession that your parents are expecting you to marry a doctor and instead you married a dentist or expecting you to end up with someone who teaches at the school you teach at. And instead you're dating someone across the world that's a missionary that you met online. And so what happens? How do we handle falling for and and being open to relationships that do not match the expectation of our community, or our family? It's happening a lot. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, for me, there's there's some non-negotiables. Okay. Right. Yeah. Tell Who us you those. Date yes. Matters. And so when you're talking about dating, I'm like, anyone can get a date. I mean, That's you right. set your you set your standards low enough. You can get What's married. What's actually true tonight. is we can all be married. That's right. Anybody yeah. listening could be married right now if you decided that that was the number one thing that mattered and nothing yeah. else mattered. Yeah. Yes, you're exactly right. And a right. whole string of tragedies would be awaiting right. you on the other side That's of that. That's exactly choice. right. So but you'd have a ring. Date, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> who and how matter a great deal. And biblically, that non-negotiable who is are they chasing the same cause? Yes. You know, that was Abraham with Isaac was she can't be a Canaanite. And that wasn't uh, ethnic. Right. That was that was faith commitment. Yeah. Because his only criteria was She's got to be willing to come with us. God yep. called us on the cutting edge of faith. She yeah. has to be on that edge too. 
And if she won't, then forget it. Mm-hmm. I'd rather my son be single than settle. And that's it. And he had to walk 500 miles to find that girl. Yes. Like, yes. you know, you're like, it may take that. Um, but I think that cause is unnegotiable. And then yes. you got to see, is their character being shaped by God? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't care if they've got a Christian ichthus on their car or a Bible right. on their coffee table. I know a lot of idiots that dress up as Christians. You yes. want to see, is their character shaped by God? Mm-hmm. And so that will eliminate almost everyone on the planet, you know? Yeah. But who's left is a small subset of wonderful human beings. And then I just think your next thing is after cause and character is chemistry. Do we enjoy getting along? Do they make me laugh? Do, can we talk for hours? And and that's where I think, you know, holding off on physical intimacy is so important. Yes. Because you know it's fun, but it's like splashing a volatile chemical into the mix. Like you just messed up the experiment. I mean, yeah. dating is evaluation and you're going do we mix well together? Mm -hmm. Because most of our life we'll be talking or hanging out or vacationing together. Like, do I like hanging out with you? And so those are the non-negotiables to me. And then once you get there, everything else to me is periphery. It's just how much friction are you willing to tolerate? Mm. And that's where the communication becomes so important. So you go, can you date across ethnic lines? Of course you can. Moses did, you know? Um, So that's never been a biblical issue. Faith commitment's critical. Now, once you get into ethnicity, you go, the challenge will be cultural. Yeah. And you go, how big is the cultural divide? And can we navigate it? Like we just had a friend marry a a wonderful Korean woman. And so her family has a high honor culture. A lot of them don't speak English. And it's like, okay, man, you're going to have to figure out how to tack towards that. Yeah. He's a white guy. Yeah. And they're going to have to figure out how to tack towards you. Yeah. But they all did it. And they're all really, it's beautiful. So you go, okay, he wasn't really what they thought she would bring home. Mm-hmm. But as they got to know him, they're like, but look at what he's chasing and look yeah. at what it's made him. Yeah, This is a wonderful human being. Yeah, The end. Yeah. So it may take time to convince parents of that, but, and then some of that other friction stuff like age, you know, your priorities change with different ages. So that's something you'll have to evaluate. And that chemistry thing of conversations, you know, what your interests are. Mm-hmm. You may look and go like, you're a wonderful human, but I just don't care about anything you care about. Yeah. You know, so yes. You just kind of have to And that is that so out. okay. I mean, I just remind the women listening, if you don't think he's fun to be around, he's not your only option. Oh, don't stack that onto your life. Don't no. stack forever onto the boredom like that. Right. <laughs> you know, you don't need to do that. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Annie. I almost, I mean, I dated someone once and I was just like, they love the Lord and would be an amazing mom and wife and all that. And I was like, and I could just, I could do it. I, I could, I could be faithful and love her. And I stopped myself and was like, she needs someone that thinks they won the lottery yeah. to be married to this woman. Yeah. She doesn't need me dialing up my discipline. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> no one wants that. That's right. That's right. And so don't do that. Don't be like, I could yeah. learn to like, do you like hanging out? Yes. The profession side, that was Don and I's biggest friction because ours had a lot of travel, hers and mine. Yeah. And so we just had to figure out how do we reconcile this? Yes. And that was what made our dating take a while was going, I don't want to get in, in the way mm-hmm. of what God's built you to do. Mm-hmm. I don't want to sell out what I think he's called me to do. How do these live together? Yeah. And that was a big part of our evaluation. So, so there's realities there that may make or break a relationship. Mm-hmm. 
but it's just how much friction can you handle? Yeah. That's really great. So we're going to have an entire episode coming up in the series about sex and dating. But will you talk a little bit about the evaluation part? Like you started in on the evaluation part and what happens when when it gets really physical and how that can affect your evaluating. Yeah. Well, I mean, we all know, you know, sex releases dopamine, you know, into your brain. That's a happy chemical that said, whatever you just did, do that again, do it a lot, you know, like, and so you want to do that. And it's fun. But the problem is when you begin to mesh your body with someone like that, I think dating exists for evaluation. That's the mm-hmm. that's why it exists. So dating is for evaluating. Are we meant to run together for a lifetime? Right? right? And so the Bible didn't have dating in it. That's not what they did back then. But all through Proverbs, there's evaluating. Mm-hmm. What kind of man is he? What kind of woman is he? It's, it's written to a single person evaluating the character of someone before you link up your life together. Right. So as you're watching someone, you're evaluating, can I trust you? A man given to anger is like an unwalled city. You go, hey, if that guy's always angry, you will never be safe with him. Don't marry him. Right. It's better to live on the corner of a roof than with a contentious woman. Is she always got beef with somebody, always mad at her? Don't marry her. You know, right. it's, it's, it's written to like, you're supposed to watch him. Right. <laughs> and so dating is watching somebody. You're not trying to make them do anything. And I talk to people with dating. They're like, well, I think we he needs to go to the same church as me. And I think she needs to call me. You're like, no, just watch them. Yeah. Just dating is evaluating. What are you like? And can I trust you? That's the character part. Mm-hmm. When I'm not at my best, will you still be kind? Mm-hmm. When I hurt you, will you forgive? When you're angry, will you pursue reconciliation or do you become a threat? Mm-hmm. You need to watch their character. And then you watch the chemistry. Do, do you make me laugh? Do we enjoy being around each other? All through Song of Solomon, the imagery is springtime. Yeah. Are you and I more alive when we're together? I mean, I've watched two wonderful people get together and then it just feels like winter. Yes. Like you're like, y'all don't yes. flourish together. Right. But when they get together, there's an ease to it. Yes. You know, he's bounding over the mountains like a stag <laughs> to get to her and peering through the lattice. Like they're excited. Like it yeah. opens with her like, let him kiss me with a kiss of his mouth. Like she's excited to be around him. Do you see excitement? Do you see life? Is it character that draws you to each other? You know, that's what she said. Your oils are fragrant. Your name is like oil poured out. She was like, your character. When people say your name, they think your character and your character is a sweetness. And so that's what you're trying to watch. But if you start throwing sexuality into that, it's like throwing gasoline on a fire. Mm -hmm. It'll flame up. But then when it goes away, what did you have? Did you just yes. have cardboard? Well, then that's going to go out, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but, but you need to see, no, are there some real logs of like, we like talking to each other. We like, mm-hmm. so I've been to so many couples where you're like, their hands are all over each other and they want to get married and you go, but then you sit at dinner and you go, every time she talks, you're looking elsewhere. Yes. Every time he talks, you look embarrassed. Yeah. Y'all don't even like each other. Yeah. You just like touching each other. Yeah. And that's not going to go great in a year. Right. And so Much less you, 20. Oh my gosh. And yeah. so what you see in, in modern dating where sexuality has moved forward, people tend to stay longer in relationships with someone because they're hooked on the sex uh, or the convenience of living together. And then they discover over a longer period of time, oh, I don't even like you. Mm. And so what you see, and like Mark Regnerus covers a lot of this in his data set. He's a professor at a University of Texas. He's like, you just see a lot of hurt feelings and wasted time. Yeah. I mean, if you said no sex, you could figure out in two months if you like this guy. Mm-hmm. But if y'all start sleeping together earlier, three years later, you'll go, you know what? I don't even like him. Wow. And you're like, yeah, but y'all, you bonded. Yeah. 
Yes. It doesn't just release dopamine, it releases oxytocin. That's a, that's a bonding hormone mm-hmm. that's released during breastfeeding. Like you're bonding with the wrong person. So you withhold that bonding physical element until you go, is this a person I can trust and love? And that takes time. That goes slower. Mm-hmm. So, you know, biblically we're called to do that because, you know, Paul told the Corinthians, don't sin against your body. Don't, that's a sin against you. Like just yeah. hold off so you can evaluate, is this per- a person worthy to unite with yeah. mentally, emotionally, and then physically. That's yeah, we, why the Bible holds the physical to the end. And the living together part. I mean, that's very, quote, normal in Christian relationships yeah. now around me. I mean, I, I've been surprised at how many Christians I know are very casual about living together. Is it mm. that casual? No, I think it's I think it's a terrible idea, mm. you know, and statistically it doesn't help with marriage or divorce rate, it, it, the outcomes are negative because you end up locking into a relationship sometimes with someone. And it's kind of like cell phones, you know, where you get into a cell phone relationship, like with a provider and you go, yeah. I don't like their service, but they've made it such a hassle to leave. Yeah. <laughs> you end up going like, I don't really like this guy, but man, we share the bills and all my stuff's here. And you end up lingering in the wrong relationships Those longer. breakups are That's so the hard. Yes. And the breakups are way worse. Gosh, they're so bad. And you go, you could have figured this out and and saved yourself time. Yes. That that's what's been so hard to watch lately is people are extending the amount of time they're in the wrong relationship, and then they look up and they're older and going, that took too long. Mm. Your evaluation process took too long. Wow. And because you moved in fast with someone and you figured out later, I don't want to be with them forever. As much as you try to justify that living together is modern, all that living together says is I might want you. And that's not very romantic. You know, real love says real love is stronger than death, fiercer than the grave is what Song of Solomon says. Nothing can quench real love. And so you wait for that. You know, you don't wait for someone that says I might want you depending on what you provide me. Right. That's yeah. that's not what you want. That's not no. That's you not want someone want. that says, "I want all of you, and I'll give all of me." Mm-hmm. That's what you want, mm-hmm. and that's possible. Don't believe the lie. That's not possible. Donna Freitas has all this. Uh, she was a professor at the University of yeah. Notre Dame. You know, she has all that research of young people just saying over and over again that they hate the modern dating script, but they think it's the only one. And you go, but such a huge percentage of you hate it. Mm-hmm. So don't believe the lie. It's the only yeah. one. Yeah. Let's rage against it together. Yeah. Will you talk a little bit about clarity is kindness? It is the most repeated three words out of my mouth from anyone. <laughs> I, The Lord is probably going to have a talk with me about how I quote you more and I quote him. Because I'm oh, always sure. like, clarity is kindness in work. Clarity is kindness in dating. Clarity is kindness. Even if you don't get the answer you want, it is such yeah. kindness. Yeah. Proverbs says that an honest answer is a kiss on the lips. I mean, and a kiss on the lips is, you know, in that culture is a sign of respect and affection. It's like, I care enough to you to give you information because you can't make an informed decision without information. Yes. Right. So I've got to give you honest information. And so for me, when people say, who do I date? I go, man, it's cause character chemistry. How do I date? Number one, it's clarity. You just be real clear on what you're doing and clarity and initiation. And I think that's, statistically, you see a lot of the distress women deal with. A guy asks something vague, like you want to hang yeah. out. And they go, what does that mean? Yes. So I did surveys of like, would you want him to use the word date? And most women said yes. Yes. Like, at least I know what it is. It helps and so I know much. What to wear. Yeah. Yes. It just helps me figure out what level of outfit I'm putting on. Yes. Yes. But um, 
So I, I encourage guys to, with that level of clarity and initiation, then clarity and evaluation. I encourage people about three, four dates in, you start to wonder, what are we doing here? Mm-hmm. And you have to address that. What I did with Donna was at the end of every date, I would say something like, hey, this was really fun. I'm enjoying getting to know you. I'll call you. Because I wanted to leave and her never wonder what's next. Wow. You know? So her friends would be like, huh, are you going to text him? Are you going to DM him? She was like, he said he would call. Yeah. Like she already knew what the next step. And I did that out of love because I wanted to sh- save her from the distress. Yeah. You know? And then every few dates, I would say to her in the evaluation, I'm enjoying getting to know you. I'm not trying to waste your time. I'm not ready to get married like tomorrow, but I think there's a potential here that I'd like to keep exploring. Yeah. And then I encourage people to give a real clear out. And I would, so I would tell her about every third or fourth date, like, hey, if at any point you don't feel comfortable with this, what we're doing, us pairing off together, you know, not being in our big friendship group together, I was like, just let me know. I trust God with my life and I trust him with yours. Yeah. And I think we're, we're trying to evaluate, is he drawing us to run together? And if at any point you, you have concerns about that, tell me and, and it's okay, we'll, we'll stop. Yeah. And I just wanted her to have that clarity all through the process because you do talk to a lot of people who are in distress because they're like, I don't think this is working and I don't know what to say or I'm scared to... Or what did that mean? I mean, what, what does yeah. that mean? That that text does not have a color. I don't know. I don't know what he's trying to say. Yeah. It, and I tell women, give give him the gift of clarity as well, yes. too. I mean, one of the most wonderful things I've heard multiple times now women do is they'll tell a guy, hey, you're great. Thank you. I don't really see this going anywhere. And I've had multiple guys tell me it stings a little, but it's way better than being ghosted. It's oh, better than gross. being gossiped about. Yes. Like, it's just, just tell me. And let's give each other, let's respect each other enough. Yes. To give each other clarity. So, yeah, I think clarity is kindness. And uh, it's been fun to Annie, just like more and more now up here. I just had this happen last week, two different couples come up and they're like, I can tell he read your book because he's like basically (laughs) saying it exactly how you said to the clarity part. And she's like, but you know what? I'm fine with it. I'm great with it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So good. He's saying something. That's right. That's right. We're going to have a whole list of resources for people around this summer loving series. And your book is top and to the right because we want everybody to grab it. It's so helpful. Um, Okay. Two last questions for you. One, give us some hope. Give us some hope for dating. Or is this going to be the generation of people who 50% of us never get married? Is Mm -hmm. this, have we missed what God had for us? Have those Mm -hmm. of us who are not married yet missed the right person because culture's a desert? Yeah. You know, there are statistics like that that say things like that. Hey, if you're not married now, you'll never be, you're this generation, you know, and, and that could be true. I think trends, I love reading them. I read stats all the time. Trends are true until they aren't. Yes. So Rome was not trending towards Christianity. Yeah. Until it was. Yeah. <laughs> right. You don't and, know any single guys until you, you know, do. Yeah. And, That's right. Uh, you know, America was going to hell in a handbasket before the f- first great awakening yeah. until it wasn't. Yeah. And so our God is too big for doomsday scenarios like that. So I, I just think whenever I look at the world, I start to lose hope. Because mm. I go, oh, man, there's not much hope there. But when I look up, I'm like, anything is possible. Miracles are possible. And, you know, my sister said this to me a few years ago, Annie, we were looking at each other 
And given our family background, she goes, Ben, there is no reason in the world why we are all not on the downside of our second marriages. Wow. But the grace of God. Yeah. Because we all have wonderful marriages and great kids. And and it's not like, I mean, I'm really a big advocate of these techniques the Bible's given us, but it's, it's, it's about positioning yourself to be a recipient of the grace of God, you know? And so that doesn't mean life's easy. That doesn't mean it's not painful or hard. But the grace of God can wash away sin, can bring beauty out of ashes, can bring hope in the desert. And I, I've seen it. I've seen his faithfulness. And I never want that to cheapen people's pain. And so I tell them that, like, God cares about your love life even more than you do. And I think that even that Genesis chapter kind of shows you that, like, this is a value for him. He created you for this. That longing for connection was in Genesis 2, pre-fall. Yeah. He made that in you. Don't be ashamed of it, but take it to him. Put it at his feet, beat on his chest, and then fall in his arms and trust him. And then go, I'm going to rise up and excel at the revealed things. And I told God that for myself. I'm like, you know, he put Adam to work. Go name the animals. Mm -hmm. Which ones? All of them. Right. Go. And at some point, I'm going to knock you out and wake you up and Eve's going to show up. And I had a friend tell me that once. She said, I'm just praying you would just keep doing the work God's called you to do. Mm -hmm. And at the right time, he will open your eyes and you'll see Eve. Mm -hmm. And I was just doing ministry. And I, did, I didn't even know, I didn't feel like God owed me a relationship. God owes me nothing. He didn't owe me life. Like if he kills me tomorrow, I'm not a victim. Right. I need to get clear on that. He owes me nothing. But he's given me a life. I'm preaching the gospel. I'm going for it. I'm discipling these kids. I'm doing this. And then I was at an event and I saw Donna and I was like, I would kind of prided myself on being the guy that didn't need yeah. oh, to date, didn't need relationships. And just every time I talked to her, it's like, God, these arrows just keep getting right under the armor. <laughs> and I can't deny it. So, um, and he opened my eyes and I saw Eve. And so yeah. I just think you just go for it. Do the work he's called you to do. Excel at the reveal. Don't give up hope. And let's trust that the Lord's, you know, ancient Rome became Christian because they saw healthy dating and marriage relationships in the wow. Christian community. It's one of the major things that converted Romans is because their sexuality was so out of control, their women and children so hurt, their men so dehumanized. They looked at Christians and they said, your method is backward, regressive, odd, strange, and beautiful. Yeah. And it was the, the Christian love that drew the Roman to Christ. And so don't give up hope. God can change has changed way worse cultures than ours. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, Ben, you're such a gift. This is just the start of what you offer. So we will bridge everybody to you and your series on Song of Solomon yeah. and for sure your book, Single, Dating, Engaged, Married. You're such sure. a gift to me, my friend. Thank you. Well, Thank you for doing this. we love you. And this is so fun. I just, I'm cheering you on at every level, Annie. So Thank keep you. running. We're Thank with you. you. Okay, the last question we always ask. Because the show is called That Sounds Fun, Ben Stewart, tell me what sounds fun to you. Annie, I decided I never have any fun. It was a problem. I think last time I was on the show, you asked me what's fun. I'm like, I don't know, a book. I, right. And I just realized I don't do anything fun. And so I was like, I love national parks. I yes. love the wild. I am disappearing into it. And so I just got back from four of them. I surfed the sand dunes at White Sands, New wow. Mexico, climbed the peaks of Big Bend. I like being outside. I like the desert. Yeah. 
And now my my family is activated. They're like, yeah. what's the next one? And I'm like, the next one's the dry Tortugas. No one goes there. You can't even get to it except by boat or seaplane. But we are going. And we got a chart with all 63 national parks. We are going to, by the grace of Your God. Your desert pictures were one. awesome. All the girls out there, I was like, this is the coolest trip. I have mixed feelings about people discovering it. I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> that's right. But I'm like, it's too cool. Everyone yeah, needs that's to that's right. Yeah. Don't be afraid of the desert. That feels like a theme today. Don't be afraid of the desert. <laughs> there you go. Just go surf it. Oh, that's good, Ben. You guys, isn't he the best? I told you that was a note-taking one. Listen, there's already stuff for us to do right now based on what Ben just taught us. Okay, as promised, we are always going to bridge you to resources that will help you as you continue this. So make sure you check out his book, Single, Dating, Engaged, and Married. And if you go to AnnieFDowns.com slash dating, we have a full list of helpful resources from the experts in our Summer Lovin' series. And follow along through the rest of Summer Lovin' so that you get to hear the whole experience And listen, if you're single or dating or you just love someone who is, be sure to share the show with friends and loved ones so it can help them understand you better. If you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That is how you can find me. And next week, you can find me out here on the Here For You Tour. Listen, if you haven't gotten your tickets, do it now. You do not want to miss this. It's the hereforyoutour.com. And I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home. Do something that sounds fun to you. And I will do the same. Today, what sounds fun to me, man, we've been dying to kick off this series. So what sounds fun to me today is kicking off this summer loving series with you. I cannot wait to hear your thoughts. Y'all have a great weekend. We'll see you back here on Monday as our summer loving series continues where we're talking about dating at this age, where we're going to talk about the difference in dating in your 20s and 30s, 40s, 50s, and beyond. We have Dr. Deborah Folletta on with us, who is so brilliant. And you get to meet a couple of my friends, Becca and Lucas. Y'all are going to love this. We'll see you Monday.